So usually my intros are directed primarily towards our live video viewers. However, today I would like to address our wonderful audio listeners. For those that listen to our audio, first of all, thank you very much. Our downloads have been on a steady incline and we really appreciate it. It's been awesome to watch those numbers grow and to see our fan base flourish. Second, I just want to let you guys know that there is a video version of all of our episodes. So if you're only listening to the audio, just know that we do these live on Facebook weekly um, where we host MTV's The Challenge Recaps. So tune in to our Facebook page. And if you're wondering all of the comments that we're talking about during these audio sessions that you're listening to, where those are happening, those are all on our Facebook page at Saniac Podcast. Um, you can find us there and feel free to come join in on one of our lives one of these days. And you can let us know how you feel in real time follow subscribe share show us some love on all of our platforms we're at saniac podcast on insta twitter and facebook and of course please be sure to review us on itunes we love a good five star review we also love a good one star if it's scandalous but prefer <laughs> the five stars let's dare them yeah give us some one stars all right so i'm shawnee suisa i run a podcast network this is my wonderful co-host zach calhoun I'm a Shaniac. You're, you're an Anoiniac right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're basically going to fuck the precap today because this episode was good and the Twitter beef all relates to the episode. So we will dive into all of that during our recap. All right, Zach. I know you're pretty bummed about just your, your ambiance is very bummed these days because of the way that things are swaying sort of against uh, your man. I feel gloomy. Um it's you look just, gloomy. It's really depressing that. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into all of it, but I had a really bad premonition last night, and as we all know, you and I we don't do spoilers, um, so I'm not speaking from any stance of anything that I know. But I was watching that episode last night, and I was watching the way that everything is breaking in Johnny's favor and Cara's favor. And, you know, I was struck by the harsh reality that I don't think Shane's going to make this final. Mm, Something's mm going to happen. The numbers are slipping away. Production, as we will discuss at length, is intervening. It's horrible. And I'm pissed. Production is definitely making more of a statement, I would say, this season in terms of the hand that they have in what's happening in the actual show. I mean, it's, it's pretty apparent. I don't know if they... I know that they've had a hand a lot in past seasons, but they've always tried to make it a little bit more subtle. So I think now we're starting to see some more obvious uh, moves on their part. And I could see why somebody who's a, a Shane fan would be super upset about it. Um, well, it, it this, you know, when, when there are moves that are made to benefit, you know, someone that you deem ratings worthy or like someone that you want to maximize their time on the show, it it negatively affects the people who are actually playing the game well. Like mm. Johnny got outplayed this season. Kara mm -hmm. got outplayed this season. They tried to do the same tired thing over and over again. People banded together against them and they got outplayed and they're being rewarded for being outplayed. And it's so frustrating. Like any other reality competition you watch, when you see the people who are playing the best, like that's who that like you want to see those people be rewarded. You want at least the people I know who are hardcore reality competition fans, they respect good gameplay. But in the challenge universe, it's a little different because it's not about who's playing the best game. It's about who 
you stand. It's 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 about like you know Twitter and all this crazy shit. Yeah. And I just feel like the people that play this game really well are the lavender ladies, and there is so much backlash against them right now that people are overlooking the fact that like like this They're is good game bad. players. It's sad they yeah. dominated this season, and and mm, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with that, and just the sense that if you look at Big Brother, for example, like if they have a battle back on Big Brother, it's one battle back. It's one competition. One player comes back into the game, and then it's done. You know, and it's and it's usually like a surprise, or you know, at this point, it's a little bit more expected. But still, it's just one player, and I think that's a really key factor in the fact that on this season of the challenge, they've just taken advantage of the fact that there is the redemption house, and I feel like it's become this tool that production is using to manipulate the game which is very frustrating and really annoying and i can imagine you know when sylvia at the end of this episode crying her eyes out because she's so frustrated with the way everything has been going it makes sense to me like i felt for her pain i felt and understood what she was thinking because it's a madhouse in there and imagine you're doing so well and then shit just gets flipped over on you and knowing the community right now and where it's at, I guarantee you she's getting dragged. Like, I haven't looked into it. People are just mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, poor you crying. Well, what about when you guys said this to Cara? Like, that's going to be the response to that. But she's so right. Mm-hmm. She's so right. Like, you can, uh, you know, you can bitch and complain about things at being unfair. And sometimes it's actually unfair. This yeah. Is- what i'm trying to say and that is what we need to get into like we we didn't touch on it enough last week honestly because the way that they the way that the episode went last week with the double redemption it ended on like a really high note like an emotional note and people were invested in that but this week as i was watching the show i was just realizing the ramifications of it like Mm. you brought two teams back into the house that didn't even wrap up Let, let me go over the numbers of this with you you had six teams in redemption. Uh, when I say you, I'm talking about production. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, production. You had six teams in your redemption house. You knew almost for a fact that one of those teams was getting medically disqualified. So mm-hmm. essentially you had five teams and you're offering four spots to stay in the game. You're offering a two out of five chance to get back in the house and a four out of five chance to stay in the game. And also the person the person who production is most invested in being in that redemption house without a doubt was Cara Maria. Yeah. They knew because Cara Maria was in a girl, girl team that there was an even greater add, you know, even more odds to that, that that their team was going to get picked for someone to go against them. They Mm. knew. As in because people want to go up against a girl, girl team. Yeah. They knew it was almost an impossibility that Cara and Marie would be the odd team out of that equation. So literally a day after they got eliminated, people aren't even acting like they got eliminated. People forget that my man Shady (laughs) Shane beat Kara in an elimination. That goes completely unnoticed. But we have comments on last night's episode where Cam saying Kara's, you know, that was Kara's ninth elimination or whatever she said. I was like, that's not even an elimination. That's a redemption challenge. That was not an elimination. I, I want that stricken from the record. That's actually true. That wasn't an elimination. That was definitely not. not. At all. Okay. (laughs) The elimination was the one that she lost to get in the redemption house. But Mm. what I'm saying is production took a big swing and they said, we're going to throw two teams back in the house. And they knew that there's a very good chance that that's going to work out in Johnny's favor and in Kara's favor and shake things up. And I'm pissed off about it. I'm pissed off about it. And then they kicked Tony or they kicked... Hunter and Corey, or no, oh, they kicked Devin and Corey out of the game. 
which <laughs> we can debate that all night long. There's re there's reasons why, but it's just such a such a bullshit swing, man. No, I totally agree. And I, I think I think the reason why we didn't touch on it so much last episode was because we didn't see the full effect of what yep. was going to happen. We didn't see yep. the impact. Like, we didn't see how it was going, like, the aftermath of the whole situation and the moves the production was making. But, I mean, it is just ridiculous at this point that they're still using the Redemption House. Like, the fact that it's still in play right now, we didn't even, you know... A lot of people haven't thought about the fact that Redemption's still in play because it wasn't shown on this episode last night, but that's still in play. Like, Cam and Kaylee and fucking Kyle and Brad are still there waiting for an opportunity to come back into the house. So it's definitely being overplayed, and it's really screwing with everyone's game. You know, I thought the first time that they did it when they brought back Bananas and Nani, and it was, like, really cool, and, you know, it sort of, like, messed with Wes a lot. First of all, I was a big Wes fan in that season, and I really loved what he had done, and I thought it definitely did fuck with his gameplay, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, because it was only one player, they had to battle through every single human being that got eliminated, you know, in order to get there. To me, that felt like it was a solid twist. It was worthwhile. And now they're just kind of taking the piss out of the whole thing. And it just doesn't really, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's adding anything beneficial to the game. So I personally agree with you on this. And I think that it's a really shitty situation to be in, particularly for the people that were doing so well. Um, You know, for the mercenaries, I think they have less to complain about. But for the ones that were there from the beginning... I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a really shitty situation to be put in. So we're going to start off right into the episode, guys. We get into Armageddon, um, and this is basically the aftermath of Polly and Natalie's Cinderella win, if you will. And while I am talking about the fact that I dislike Redemption and so-and-so, I did really like watching them win. I just thought it was a great win. I thought it was really refreshing to watch Natalie finally get a little bit of a confidence boost and also refreshing to watch a girl totally massacre a guy guy team which I really appreciated and you know Polly who's much tinier so it was just this real Cinderella story of an elimination or of a redemption challenge that we got to witness Um, and we go into a fight that started off in the redemption house but continued out here with Kaylee calling out Brad and then Nelson getting involved and showing his ass to Brad which I thought was I don't even know what I thought about that honestly Uh, okay guys I need to confess um because they showed like a bit of that last week and then they showed it again this week I was dying last week, and I was dying again this week. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I don't know what Nelson is trying to do, but Nelson, oh, no. like, Nelson's just like, kiss this ass, Brad. Kiss this ass. And he's showing, he's literally showing him his ass. I, I fucking died. He like, really- yeah, he like pulls down his, it felt, it felt very middle school-esque. I don't even know how to, I don't even know what it was. Um, everything came full circle, because if you will remember, if you guys go all the way back to Final Reckoning episode one, back in July, it's October now, guys. Back in July, you'll remember that I pointed out a moment when Nelson is uncovering Shane from the coffin, and Shane has his pants down with his <laughs> ass up in the air and says, kiss my ass, Nelson. So now, vault forward a couple months here, and Nelson is showing his ass to Brad. Now, that is growth as a team. <laughs> That was just about the only thing I was happy about last night. That is a really cute observation. Uh, <laughs> it's a really cute observation. Um, all right, so, so that then that one settle in, guys. 
<laughs> so then we get um then we get a really cute comment from TJ towards Marie, which I loved, which was cigarettes and sadness to happiness and let's do this. I put that one on our Instagram actually because I just thought it was such a great line from Tej. And you know, little props to Marie. I mean, she did win that. That was pretty solid right she there. Did. Not an elimination, but not she an elimination, but she won a redemption challenge. And I also, in this moment, was thinking to myself, because I know on the last episode, there was a lot of dislike for Kyle coming from my end. So for once, I was super satisfied watching this fight because it felt like Kyle was losing a lot of his footing in the house just instantly almost by being associated with Brad and being in and being in that fight with him. So I'm, I'm happy that that happened. I hope that that carries on to next season. Like I would like for him to not have nearly as much pull and power in that house as he has. I'm not sure if that's going to be true or not, but we'll see. Hopefully, um, hopefully this continues and he just ends up making a ton of vendettas and not a lot of friends. Um, all right, then we get to Redemption House, where we get into the bus ride to Redemption to one of my favorite lines of the episode, which was Cam basically taking away all of Kyle's masculinity in one fell swoop and saying, and saying I lost to a legend, you lost to Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> I was creasing. I couldn't even control myself. It was so fucking funny. Because you could see... So Kyle's one of those people who clearly has a lot of insecurities. Because instantly, his face was just like, oh my god, I see what you're doing. You're taking away my manhood by trying to do this. Like I could just see everything that was crumbling deep with inside of Kyle. He could not handle this joke. And Kyle's one to joke at a lot of other people. So the fact that he couldn't take it... I mean, come on, guys. I hope we're all losing fanhood for Kyle. He's just driving me crazy like oh not a fan no and this one's you're so driving the kyle hate train uh, if if you really want to be a <laughs> you should set up a twitter account dedicated towards you know the we hate kyle uh twitter account that's what you got to do if you like the show now these days yeah well i mean listen like i, I could do like a kyle offender account <laughs> is that a thing do people do kyle offend like offender account if you're not a defender like you're an yes. offender <laughs> you need a kara offender account um <laughs> okay so then we go into the main house and we basically get the um, entrance of natalie and Polly. it's like i don't even know what it is it's like kids in a candy store they're super excited i'm sure you were just pissed off watching this whole thing go down because they're pawns like let's let's call it how it is. Like they, people want to paint them as as like they're they're the nice like underdog emotional story. They're fucking pawns. They they're coming into the house to just be a number for Johnny, mm. and they're gonna do every single thing he says. It's so fucking sad. It's so sad. There was actually some beef. So I know people were throwing a bunch of shade at Johnny recently, but then there was something that I thought was interesting on Twitter, which was Angela who was retweeting um, Jemmy's tweet, I believe it was, that was basically shitting on on Johnny and Angela was saying how, you know, this is like an enlightened woman and things like that. So it seems like since when Angela threw her whole fit and was like, thank you, Johnny, da da da, to now there's been quite a bit of beef and quite a bit of, I guess, you know, coldness going on between them. So it seems like the Banangela is no longer, or was it mm. Bangela? Was it Bangela or Banangela? What a big surprise. I don't know. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny like makes out with a girl on a season. Just and to, now they hate him. Know. Yeah, that, that's it. And then, and then they, they hate each other afterwards. It's just a constant, just oh. writing storylines, man. 
Irving Irving is saying that apparently there is a Kara offender account. So I think you yeah, need I'm, to I'm check that out. <laughs> if 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 the person running Kara offender know, knows about us, please get in touch. We'll interview you. I'll I'll give you complete anonymity. We'll have a sit down. We'll be we'll be like we'll that's be like, the issue with the stands, you know. They don't want to be on camera. I tried to get a bunch of stands to do the stand no, versus stand debates, and they were not they were not that cool with appearing on cam. So I know you have some issues with Devin's social media activity right now. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to that because fuck Devin's social media activity. One thing right now. he said. Uh, by the way, I stand Devin's social media right now. One thing he said today that was so on point was. Uh, the the people on Instagram are nicer because you have to actually like be on Instagram. Like people have to see you. They see who you are. But the people on Twitter are just incessant faceless trolls because they, they can literally hide. You know, you, you they, they can. To some extent. But on, on Instagram, you can hide too. You could just put like a fake little profile thing. It's not like it's that. I don't see how it's that. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I could hear what he's saying to some degree, but I mean, Devin's probably getting a lot of hate right now because he's being a little bitch. All right, so let's go on to, um, let's go on continuing in the main house. We get bananas and Natalie. They're like rekindling their friendship, which I thought was really cringy, but whatever. Um, and then we also get Devin talking about how um, his dad loved him on the show. And I thought that that was like a really cool thing for him to say. I yeah. love that his dad supported him going on there. You know, you want parent, you want parental support when you go on these kind of things. And I think not all parents would be proud of their kids to go on TV like this and to do this kind of stuff. But um, I was I was pretty pleased with that. And I think that that's really cute and a way for him to sort of honor his dad definitely by going on there. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't work out so well later in the episode, but, um, you know, just the fact that he did that, I really, I felt for him in that moment. Um, all right. So then we go into the restaurant, by the way, these are more nights out. Like, are we going <laughs> to, this season has been the season of nights out and you want to know why it's probably because it's such a long season. There's so many people coming in from redemption house constantly. It's never ending that they basically have to treat them to days out or they would actually all go full psycho. So they're at the restaurant. They're all ordering pasta and shit like that. And then we get into the ride back and this is when essentially the highlight drama of the episode begins and Corey and Tony apparently fight over pasta on this ride back, which was maybe the glorious, most glorious thing you could fight over apart from pizza. I was just loving this whole thing. So from what we see on the show, all we know is that Corey hands Tony some pasta or somebody else hands Tony some pasta that looks like it's been sat on. So Tony takes the pasta and just flings it out the window. First of all, don't fucking litter, Tony. Second of all, who throws away food even if it's been sat on? Third, third of all, I mean, how, how much of a food expert does one have to be to determine what pasta looks like when it's been sat on and not sat on? <laughs> It's fucking it's so true. I I give Tony props for that. I know he's had a lot of late drunken nights eating carbs. So could you imagine he like picked up the fettuccine and he was like, "This looks too thin to be fettuccine. You must have been sat on." <laughs> I'm gonna toss this yeah, shit out this the window. This was fettuccine. <laughs> now this is angel hair. Very flat <laughs> angel hair. Um. All right. So so then their fight continues in a very weird way outside of the bus. It's, it's sort of like they're not going into the main house because 
the fight just carries on right when they leave and you see Devin trying to calm Corey down which is like this whole thing that doesn't seem to work at all and then Corey and Tony start talking and I thought all was gonna go okay but then next thing we know Corey tucks his leg under Tony and then body slams him on the ground I mean that looked so painful I don't know about you but I could not have handled that That fall pretty brutal um, now, t- Tony, in his, his drunken state, like, he, he he instigated it a little bit, like, walking in there. I don't know what – he was, like, totally – you couldn't even understand what he was saying. But I, I, I do think that in his mind, he, he somewhat did want to instigate it a little by going over to Corey and wrapping his arm around him. Mm. And then Corey just fucking pops, man. He's Corey's trying to be like a fighter now. People forget that he got in a fight with Cameron on X on the Beach. He like went up behind him and, and started jumping him. Oh my god, I forgot about that fight. Yeah. And Damn, now that's two shows in a row then for exactly. him. Exactly. And now he's doing this with Tony. He's trying to be like, you know, badass Corey. I don't know I, how I feel about it. It's it's wow, I actually didn't think about that. That's a really good point. The fact that on the both of the last two shows that he's been on, he's had some sort of physical education. It was just a really weird thing to do in that moment. Like, did he think he was going to get away with it? I mean, I don't know. And and also, I, I feel like if you have your kid as your motivation behind these shows, which, by the way, whenever somebody has a child and they come on the show, the whole season of that, that season is all about their kid. I it's know. Like, it's like all about their kid. The second someone has a kid, comes back on the show, boom. That's all you're going to hear about for that entire season in their interviews. And it seemed like Corey gave in so quickly to that how could he not hold his emotions for half a second to not body slam someone that that takes effort to do like he had to like yank him down um so i don't know that that was really just and the fact that people were trying to play it off i'm guessing they just didn't see it as clearly as it was on the footage um you see Devin admitting to it much later when he sees it you know on the footage so i guess in person it just might have looked a little bit clouded a little bit like a slip possibly um all right so this was really funny because Tony, when he is wrapping his arm around Corey, goes, let's go find it right now. Like, that was how he instigated the whole, like, arm around his shoulder for the pasta. And honestly, I was dying in that moment. Like, I was just like, this is hilarious. Then Corey body slams in. Then Devin is like, shit, what do we do? He slipped. He slipped. Corey's like, I did nothing. Everything yeah. is going awry. And then Bananas steps in and is like, let's go do an interview. And (laughs) this was pretty funny to me. This was a really funny way of distracting a drunk person in violent rage. It was creative. Yeah, it's like, let's go do an interview. Come on. And you see them sitting there and they're just such... I I never understand how Bananas is the cooler head when it comes to these nights out so frequently. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean, he... Like, he has grown in that way. You know, he's not... You know Johnny getting an inc- incident on Cutthroat, like when he when he punched that guy in the face and like pushed him down the stairs. Um, like he doesn't really do that anymore. Like he he is so invested in the gameplay and like mm. seeing himself as a as a producer on the show that when they go out, he doesn't get fucked up. It's very clear. Like he's always sober. Yeah, and he wants to mess with people and he wants to figure out what's going on. Um, I'm surprised that people just haven't caught on to perhaps not drinking as a strategy I know. for being it, on the show. <laughs> it's just weird to me. It's one month. Like, you can't not drink. I don't know. Yeah. I guess maybe it's because I don't drink at all, so it's easy. But 
It's yeah, just they, weird to me. They get annihilated. Like Corey, mm. Corey and Tony were so fucked up. So. They were wasted. And yeah. actually, Erlene is making a really funny comment right now, which is that she thinks Tony didn't even realize there was beef because he was so drunk, mm-hmm. which makes sense in terms yeah. of how I saw his facial expressions and everything going down. It didn't really seem like he was trying to fight or do anything. So I, I just want to point out here the, the the comparison I want to make. And I did mention this on our Twitter last night. If you guys did not check the Saniac podcast Twitter, I was throwing like 95 mile an hour heat on Twitter last night during the episode. I'm you a were. little upset that we didn't generate more buzz out there, but it's okay. You know, sometimes the best stuff goes unnoticed. Now, this incident, this Pastagate incident, now people do want to compare it to Pizzagate and there, there are valid comparisons. However, this specific incident reminded me of a legendary, legendary challenge incident. The now it's a necklace incident, okay? And and let's just think about the comparisons here. So Corey and Tony are just kind of fighting in a friendly way on the van on the ride home. And all of a sudden, they're both really drunk. And all of a sudden, before you even realize it, you know, the one person who got picked on, maybe he laughed at it at first, but he got pissed. Mm. And in this case, I'm referring to Brad getting his underwear pulled up over his head and ripped by the Miz and Landon and then wrapped around his neck to which Brad himself said, now it's a necklace. Now this kind of reminds me of Corey and Tony on the bus and they're playing around with each other. You know, they're playing around with pasta and all of a sudden Tony picks up the pasta. He might as well have been giving Corey the wedgie that Brad received and he throws the pasta out the window and maybe Corey left it off at first, but then he gets more and more mad and then he gets off the van and the beef starts and he slams Tony to the ground. And you'll remember that Brad, when he was wearing his his wedgie necklace, got off of the van and was doing the same thing. Was like, yo, you guys think that's cool? That's not cool. You don't just go around doing that to someone. And everyone's like, Brad, you were laughing about it five seconds ago. And that's such that's honestly such a good comparison because of the way in which it played out in terms of like the van and how the car ride exactly affected everything yeah i think the reason why people are going with pizzagate is just because pizza and pasta Mm -hmm. you know this is obviously like you know food related and that kind of context but i do agree in terms of like the situation and how everything is played out it's it's clearly a better comparison i tried to set brad up for it last night i reached out to him for comment on twitter and he just he he didn't want to show me love sorry maybe his eyes dried out so he couldn't see the screens yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, he probably has to use so much visine when he when he's watching when he's watching the show. Oh my god, oh, it's so great. Um, all right, so then we sort of continue the fight slightly like it's nothing crazy happens now at this point but then he's in the interview room um and Devin's trying to like work his angle saying you know he slipped everything was fine um and then you have Sylvia who sort of gets involved slightly and then you have Nelson trying to get involved um and this was one of my favorite parts about Nelson is just the fact that he's so consistent so I don't care if who he hates or who he likes is different to who I hate and who I like I just like the fact that he 
will, no matter what, take every opportunity he has to really poorly talk shit to somebody that he dislikes. <laughs> and, and I, you know, it's, it's effort that counts for me on these things. You know, he gets massive effort points, even if he's not pronouncing things right, even if he's saying shit that's just totally out of left field. I love the fact that he will always come back to that. And this happened a few episodes ago when they mentioned that, um, you know, they have to bring back people in order to save bananas. You know, Nelson took the first blow at that, saying that it was all production and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And again, tonight, and when Nelson was in that room, what he did that was a little bit different was he yelled for Devin to come into the room to help him out. So it was pretty much like Nelson was like, I'm not finishing this fight. Like, now we have an opportunity. We're going to start fucking with you because we can. And I like mm-hmm. I like that. Like, I Loved appreciated it. that mentality off of Nelson and his consistency in that regards. Um, and so then this is when Devin comes into the room. Um, and comes into Banana's room and starts basically just yelling at Bananas nonstop, which I personally like. I love when Devin makes Johnny Bananas go Johnny Tomatoes. This I love is it. what the the people who love Johnny and who want to defend Johnny in this in this scenario don't understand. Is that what Devin was doing was entirely gameplay? Like Devin did not like Devin is not crossing lines to Johnny and saying like you know uh you're you're pathetic your 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 family's a you know your 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 family like whoa 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 Devin has made comments about banana's family before i don't have them off the cuff right now but i will find those and i honestly don't know that Devin is above potentially stooping to the level at which johnny did on this episode maybe now because he's experienced it Mm. but i'm telling you if there was a life event in johnny's life that was so easily accessible for Devin to access to fuck with johnny about I don't know that he would hold that in. I'm going to disagree 150%. Like just, just from the amount of time that I've spent watching this show and like getting to see these people on social media, like you can see who are more real people and who are more fake people. And by that, I mean like who are the people whose personalities outside of the show match up with their personalities on the show and just everything about my read on it. And if you guys want to disagree, you can, by all means, you can offer up whatever you want. My read is that Devin on the show is almost like a hundred percent Devin off the show. And I actually appreciate the hell out of that. All right. So we got a comment from Erlene, which is on AYTO. Devin talked about family. And I honestly think that while Devin does get into Johnny's head, the presence of Johnny gets into Devin's head as well. Like, the fact that Devin so persistently attacks Johnny in this way to try and get into his head is because just the fact that Bananas is in front of him makes him become that Devin, makes him go to such ridiculous lengths to just not stop berating him and to try and get into his head at all costs. I really don't think it's that beneath Devin to do that. I think now it is because he's experienced it, but I just don't think it is. And I'm pretty sure uh, Devin's made comments about Bananas' mom and stuff before. Obviously, Bananas' mom is still alive, so it's a little bit of a different situation. But let's not kid ourselves to think that these two people are that different. If anything, I think Devin and Bananas are so fucking similar. It's actually crazy to me that they both hate each other so much. And, you know, maybe not in terms of outside show personality and what they support and what they do with their daily life. But I genuinely feel like how they try to antagonize people is 
in somewhat of a similar way, at least with each other. And maybe Devin's doing that just because he wants Johnny to feel a little bit of his medicine. So he's like, I'm going to give you a taste of what you do oh, to I other actually, people. I agree that Devin and Johnny have similarities. It's just, it's exactly what you said there. It's not that, I don't think the similarities are that, you know, Devin is as fake as Johnny can be and is going to stoop to Johnny's levels. The, the, the similarities are that Devin is giving Johnny a taste of his own medicine. Mm. Like how many times has Johnny and a group of people rolled up on someone in a house that is trying to like get away from a situation and like driven them to that point? Uh, Wes talked about that extensively on his challenge mania interview about Johnny, Evan and Kenny doing that to him on the ruins, whether you, you know, wherever you side on that. Um, <laughs> does, does anyone remember uh, Johnny like going yes. up to Derek and throwing feathers on him and like, glitter and all that shit and like when Derek was trying to sleep and 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 you know like talk about his family and Johnny rolls up on him and and him and, and him and Derek got in a fight after that like Johnny I totally agree but there's but there's different there's a difference for sure between Johnny and Derek Johnny doing that to Derek than Devin doing that to Bananas first of all Bananas and Derek whether or not we all want to see it they're obviously friends like they that's just like there's obviously some sort of relationship there um i think that there's probably other examples of johnny's bullying that are a bit more relevant but i mean i don't know i just i i personally think that devin is sitting on some sort of high horse right now as if he wouldn't have done a lot of the stuff that bananas has done but he is not that high up an individual like like i've seen devin pull some shit you know and i don't think that it's I don't think that it's really okay that after four months after the fact on Twitter, Devin then proceeds to make his case a lot worse for himself. I, um, I just, I, I'm, I'm not going to draw specific parallels and say he did this, he did this when, when the fact of the matter is like, like his, his dad died. Um, John, he, he would have been with Johnny. He would have been Johnny's partner on the show. His dad died. Like that was a very real circumstance. Him and, him but what his, did he say? What did he say about his dad? Like, like specifically, what did Banana say? He brought him up, but he didn't like shit on his dad. Well, he essentially, from from what the way I saw it going down, is Johnny essentially said like, "You're, you know," he worded in a way that you're almost bringing like, "What kind of person are you? Your dad died, and you came down here." You know, there's nothing about Devin's relationship with his father. He said, you know, almost like he's dishonoring his father and his family by coming back on the show. Essentially, Johnny was trying to call Devin a reality whore, saying like, you're so desperate to be on TV that your dad died and you come back down here to be on the show, which there's no bigger reality whore than Johnny Bananas. Maybe. So, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of a leap in some way, but I do hear, like, I, I think that it was just more about him saying like why the fuck are you here like why are you why are you on this show right now like shouldn't you be home grieving and yeah it was a shitty comment to make don't don't like and i'm don't take this as me saying like that was acceptable yeah. by any means i just think that it wasn't as if like people are acting as if it was like the world and bananas apologize like listen, when you're drunk is it though i'm seeing like johnny people coming out of the woodwork like well if someone followed you around everywhere you go you would of course say something and like that's no like, i don't scaffolding that's okay well i think that's i think that's up. bullshit too yeah i think that's bullshit too because that reasoning then means you know two rights are wrong right which yes. uh, sorry two wrongs are right and yes. i totally disagree with that kind of that kind of mentality like if bananas i think what gets Devin more excited is when bananas leaves rooms because he can't mm -hmm. even handle being in the room so my suggestion bananas obviously bananas are trying to get away from the situation to not ruin his chance the million dollars or whatever but if bananas just sat in the room and didn't let it actually get to him i think 
Devin would have less incentive to continue going with this kind of stuff. But Devin knows that he gets into that. They like to play this game together and they both pushed each other to some fucking sick ass limits. And I mean sick in a negative way this last time. And they really carried on a fight that didn't need to happen and antagonize each other in ways that didn't need to happen. And both of them cut deep. I think Bananas cut significantly deeper in what he said. And I think Devin just went on for longer in what he did. So- uh- I feel like I have been in Devin's position before where when you are, when you are good with words and when you are good with arguing with people, like what, you know, Devin, like when you argue with someone and you are pushing them, but you yourself, like you are trying to bait them into saying bad things to you. And, and well, he wanted a punch. And there are exactly. And there are people who, when they get to a certain point, when they get their back up against the wall, they will try to dig as deep as they can and they will try and claw their way out. And I am always the person on the other side of that, like, like watching that happen. And afterwards, like, I don't know. It's, it's such a, I think my issue, uh, one of my main issues that I have with this is that there is so much fakeness involved here in the way that Johnny apologizes in his confessional, you know, that was probably filmed what a month after the fact, I guarantee you, that he didn't say, you know, he, he, he had Devin like literally standing there, like reduced to tears, which is so crazy to see because he's like such a strong-willed, like confident guy, like reduced to tears by the emotion of a fresh loss. And I guarantee you that him and Johnny didn't say anything about that. Like Johnny didn't come up to him and apologize in person or anything like that. Johnny saved it to apologize to him on camera in his confessional that he filmed in, you know, New York or California a month after the fact, because that's Johnny's mindset is that. This is the this is the storyline, and now here's my sympathetic. Oh, uh, totally. Everybody, everybody destroyed Camilla for the way that she apologized to Leroy. Yeah, the shittiest apology yes. in the world. Yeah, and yeah. it was, and even going back to Laurel and Big Easy on Cutthroat, people destroyed Laurel for the same way because her apology mm. it was the same thing. It was a recorded, you know, she never reached out to Big Easy from yeah. from what I've heard. It was just it was just recorded for the show and for the reunion. I'm really sorry, and that that's that's just fake there's that's that's not genuine i all right so you know what i i don't know if i can speak on behalf of johnny's genuine you know the level of of authenticity in his apology i actually think to me it sounded genuine whether or not it happened right after the fact or not i actually think that an apology that happens a month later two months later is more genuine than an apology that would happen in the house because an apology that happens in the house is like literally because people are around you and because you like have to do you know what I mean and it seems like like for example Camilla right I think that Camilla should have released an apology two months later where Mm -hmm. she had actually maybe gotten her head screwed on her shoulders a little bit better and her mental health taken care of slightly more you know I think her apology in the house was so shitty because she was still in that mentality so if Bananas had apologized that next day or in the house it probably would have been even less sincere and it probably would have been an even shittier apology. I do. I just do think that they're both. I think that they were both wrong. But the fact that the fact that it's like Devin was looking for a punch, right? That's what he was looking for. The only reason you get into someone's head like that in a challenge house is so you can get them kicked out because they're going to hit you or so you can fuck with their head completely. So they fuck up all the challenges. You know, that's that's like what you're going for. And instead of punching him. 
bananas threw, you know, the biggest dagger he could that wasn't physical fists. And while that is so shitty to do, there was a whole lot of buildup leading up to it. And they both need to sort of say, like, this is what happened. This is how it went down. And we were both, like, super fucked up and wrong for it. One was based on gameplay and one was a really shitty reaction, couldn't handle his emotions, you know? And I think that's that is what is happening and that is how the resolution ended from the interviews and from what I'm seeing um, online but then Devin took it to like a thousand steps past that and started attacking all of the challenge fans on fucking Twitter which to me is where he started going into the wrong like Devin was in the right throughout the whole episode up until after up until he took his fingers to social media and started getting aggressive for no reason with people that support the show that gave him this platform to be on I mean that's really where I take issue mostly with that and maybe you know what it's clouded my judgment of the episode because of how I have been reading Devin's shit online and that's my own bias Devin's issue specifically is with the people that he's dealing with on Twitter and I'm having a hard time disagreeing with him because challenge Twitter is such a cesspool this season it has been made more apparent than ever it is brutal it is just oh my god all <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. It's I, I it's brutal. I agree. And we've talked about this. It's brutal. But does that justify what he's saying? Um, listen, I'm just gonna I I, I know so Devin sent out um a message today that, that, that we talked about before we started recording here, and he said something along the lines of, I guarantee you that that all of the you know, I, I wanna know what percentage of the Johnny Bananas stands out there voted for Donald Trump. I think there's correlation between it. I'll read the original tweet because I actually retweeted it with a comment because I thought it was the world's most patronizing thing you could say to a bunch of people that give you your name and your recognition. Um, All right. So here we go. Uh, so Devin goes, I need some hard stats on the percentage of Johnny fans that voted for Trump. I'm sensing a hard correlation. For those of you in this demographic, correlation means connection. Oh, and demographic means group. You are the problem. Sorry. Hashtag you are the problem. Hashtag the civil war is over. Hashtag you lost. Explain to me how bringing in politics is even remotely relevant to the situation. Listen, all I'm going to say is. I fucking agree with what he says. I guarantee you, if, if you ask a bunch of Johnny Bananas, like if you ask a bunch of Johnny Bananas, Stan, you know, Twitter stands, like, hey, did you vote in the presidential election? Who did you vote for? They're going to say Trump. That's you totally fine. Conclusions you want out of it? I th- I think it's probably a factual statement. And it, I, it, I, I agree. I think that probably a lot of Bananas fans voted for Trump. There's also some Devin fans that voted for Trump. There's also some smart people that voted for Trump. There's also some idiots that voted for Trump. There's also some blacks, some whites, some Hispanics, some Jews. There is a variety of human beings that have voted for Trump. This tweet was so useless, and I don't even care about the fact that he made the Trump joke. It's a cheap joke. It's so easy to do. I have no problem with people making fun of Trump or their voters. I couldn't give a shit make fun of him he's very easy to make fun of what i have a problem with is being so patronizing and condescending defining fucking words acting as if you are like the god to all gifts and let me just go back and go onto devin devin's twitter right now because there is some other shit that he has put out there that is even worse and even more patronizing and he's made comments about how if you're a fucking line cook at a restaurant or if you're at a waiter hold on let me find this right now because it's actually so disgusting that somebody who's a reality tv star right that's their biggest 
accomplishment is being a reality TV star is going to shit on people that are line cooks. You know how hard it is to be a line cook at a restaurant? That is a sweaty, hard job. And I commend all the individuals that are the line cooks that have served me in my day. And I appreciate the fact that you guys work as line cooks and hopefully eventually end up becoming a sous chef or becoming a head chef at a restaurant. It's a fucking hard ass journey to take. And he is putting these people down and it's just shitty. It's like really shitty. And you want to know one thing that Bananas won't do that Devin clearly will is put down the fans of the show. And that's the craziest thing to me is that, you know, even with all of this, he still has that edge over Devin in terms of the fact that he's not giving in to the hate that is out there online because there's always going to be hate on Twitter. And if he's only responding to that and he's acting as if the entire demographic, the entire group, the entire challenge fans, all Bananas fans are this way, like that's shitty. And you're going to lose a whole lot of people that way. And here we go. Here we go. To all the chain restaurant line cooks and minimum wage retail workers talking shit tonight. Don't worry about me. I'm good. Just keep watching me on TV. Ratings. Hashtag ratings. Hashtag sauce on the side. Hashtag can I, can I return this without a receipt? So that to me tells me that this guy is shitty to people that work minimum wage jobs. Like... I commend any human being that fucking works a job. Why are we shitting on people? There has to be people that do these positions. There has to be people that are line cooks. There has to be waiters. And you know what? You do have to deal with customer service reps. And it's so crappy to say that to people and to act as if you're fucking above all other individuals. You are a reality TV star. You are on reality television on a show that doesn't even hit a million fucking viewers on the first viewing. You're not even close to the Bachelor stars and those guys are idiots. Do you know what that means to down talk to someone that works so hard, probably 12 hour shifts, eight hour shifts, whatever the hell they do in these crazy ass places. And he's what? Working for Buna Murray? Like, I'm sorry, but that's just such bullshit. Even if I become a billionaire, there is not a single day in my life that I will ever talk down to somebody like that. There will always be a please and thank you a thousand times out of my mouth for anybody that is serving me anywhere in this world. And honestly, this to me, like you said, character on the show and off the show, how can you explain this character off the show and act like he is being a good human being? These are the people that make fun of old TV stars for working at Trader Joe's. Fuck those people. Fuck those people. Sorry, but in this crazy area, like, Devin went from right to asshole within one night. How are you going to go and do that? How are you going to go and do that to yourself, Devin? I hope he sees this. We should cut this clip and post it for him because it's a douche thing to do. Let's make sure that when we cut the clip and post it for him, we include my response in here as well. And this is the beauty of the Saniac podcast, people, because you hear how you hear how passionate Shani is about that th this issue. And I'm just going to go ahead and disagree with her and say, Devin, you are playing right into my wheelhouse right now. I fuck with you. I support it. You are, you're just pushing. You, you've got your finger on the pulse of people and you're just pushing it in all the right spots and you're driving people up a wall. You're, you're getting all these different groups. I fucking appreciate it, man. You're an agent of chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. Props to you, Devin. Yeah, be an agent of chaos, but at least acknowledge it. Like at least Shane owns up to his chaos. At least- point. 
At least Shane is like, you know what? Yeah, I did that. Like, you know what? It was hypocritical. You know what? I said that shit and I know how funny it sounds because I did that same thing the week before. Like, Shane will own up to it. Devin is trying to act like he is like holier than thou. And it's just weird to me because I was such a Devin fan from Are You The One and throughout most of the seasons, Team Princess, that was my shit. I fucking loved him. (laughs) But then all of a sudden, he's just going to be like this asshole. And... You know what? Back to the politics thing, because Devin then made an Instagram video, which is like I'm getting a lot of uh, messages saying that, you know, people that uh, voted for Trump actually like me and are a fan of me will stop being a fan of me. Just stop being a fan of me. And it's like he's taking, he's taking the Eminem approach. That's that's why everybody gave Eminem shit. Eminem said, if you like, he's Trump, taking you like the him, easiest you. route out ever. It's the cheapest fucking thing you can do. And who are you, a reality TV star, to talk to the world about politics? Like, I just don't don't get it i don't know i honestly just don't get how he can feel like he is so like it's just it's just a shitty mentality to have as a human being and i honestly hope that there is never a day that i stoop to that kind of level and i wish for the most success in my life ever i plan to fucking become a billionaire and if i don't i will cry but i really plan on doing that and i don't ever want to get to this point where i feel like there are people in this world that are not my equals it's just so crappy and you know what he's gonna lose a lot of fans for it and i'm glad about it and you know i hope johnny loses some fans for it too because he was shitty in that situation as well and they were both shitty in the situation devin is just he he's not like the other people in the show and i fucking appreciate that he's not on instagram hawking like some you know life extending juice or whatever product he's not <laughs> out there trying to cater and stuff that t-shirt in fact yeah it, like like the shit the car does in fact devin is actively saying hey if you like me and you like donald trump then fucking up. like he's actually chasing people away he's real like that's his personality he's unlikable he's likable he has flaws he has things that are really entertaining perfect mixture for reality tv and you know what maybe he shouldn't just be confined to the challenge this is a person who i could see succeeding on other shows on television he is a television star oh great tv he makes i agree with that totally i think he's awesome on my screens what i have an issue with is his fucking condescension and his stupid ass patronizing attitude on twitter that's what i have a problem with i'm a i'm a condescending person in my life as well so i you know it takes one to know one for me and um one of my biggest issues with Johnny is that Johnny is like, he has been so outspoken about how this, this new generation coming up are bad for the show. And like, he, like he needs to understand like Devin is not bad for this show. Devin is the kind of person that the show needs. Devin and Tony mm. are like the people that you want on this show. I, you can give or take the other guys, but mm. those are like, those are people that are in the, they embody the essence of what this show is so you're doing the show that that you consider yourself a producer on a disservice by trying to act like this guy's not even like doesn't even belong on the show and on top of that also that is like promotion and like like professional fighting 101 don't ever demean your opponent because if you beat your opponent it makes them look that like if you spend all your time saying this person doesn't belong on the show, they're worthless and you beat your, and you beat them. What's the point? You beat yeah. somebody who 
cares about. But when they beat you, like Devin beat Johnny last season, it makes you look that much worse because you're telling everyone how inconsequential this person is. And he whooped your ass. He took he you didn't out. Whoop his ass. That's such yeah. a fucking exaggeration. Whoop that, his ass. He did really well. I think Devin could take bananas in a lot of different kind of eliminations. I think Devin is a great competitor. I think he's an awesome player. I just think he's also turned into such a douchebag in real life and i honestly think he you know he did himself a massive disservice if he had just left it after the episode and he didn't like go on this rampage he would have been in the clear like he he didn't didn't he didn't go on it right away like this didn't happen till till hours and hours after the fact i give props on that whatever i'm on west coast time i don't know to me this was like See, that's true. It was more immediate for you. I was going on his Twitter account after the episode, and I was like, man, I wonder what he's doing. And he, you know, he was watching the World Series. He didn't want to get involved in it. But that <laughs> makes sense. I mean, yeah. Listen, this does this does not take away from the fact that I actually love having Devin on my TV screen. But him thinking that he is, like, the better of humans right now because he's on the challenge and other people are fucking line cooks, like, that's just – not a good look for him at all. And, you know, Arlene has been bringing up um, the fact how Devin behaved on Are You The One quite a bit. And it's so true. Like, he was really shitty on Are You The One to Kiki. I really liked watching it. But he was genuinely really shitty to her on Are You The One. And it was really not that nice. And, you know, he wasn't that great of a male role model in terms of how you treat females on that show. And him coming at Johnny as if Johnny is like, you know, I mean, listen... They're the same fucking person. And it's just like, to me, I think that it's two wrongs and both of them together doesn't make it right at all, you know? And and I think that they both need to just acknowledge the fact that they get under each other's skin so well because they know each other so well in what gets under each other's skin and because they're so similar in that way. I think it says something that, yeah, I mean, in my eyes, Devin's moral compass is probably a lot more developed than Johnny's and yes he did come up on an are you the one show and have some transgressions and things like that but he's what he's like 25 26 Johnny's like 36 Johnny's got 10 years and a million shows on him so you know they're 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 I don't know if I don't know if Bananas's moral code is lower or if he is willing to do more immoral things in order to succeed in life and you know what that doesn't necessarily to me that's less about a moral code and that's more about a business strategy I think in life and in personal interactions you could be a much different individual and Bananas seems to me like one of those people that's not going to carry around a bunch of good friends with him for the rest of his life probably has just a few that he treats really well and the rest are kind of expendable to make his life more successful in that way and that's a choice he's made i don't think he is off the rocker in terms of super um in terms of just like devin being way above him in that way or not but you know what it played out this way it happened on the show they both fucked up majorly i think one was um you know strategic and obviously devin trying to get in his head and bananas was a fuck up on his end like he shouldn't have said that he it got to him and that was the best thing he could do to release the tension and anger that he had towards devin in that moment without punching him so you know I think that's basically the conclusion on that little situation. Um, And it actually continues after. So it's not like this thing just ends on that night. You know, they go to bed and then shit continues later on. Um, You know, it it looks like, uh, now that I'm seeing it here, it looks like we've got a a Devin Defender running rampant in the comments section. And I I do just want to say that I am going to throw some props to the point. I mean, Devin could have stolen, he could have stolen his partner's money on, 
What you mean the tiny amount of money? He could have stolen the money. Offer Devin second chances. He didn't do it. Offer Devin a proper amount of money and see what happens. And also, Vinny. Also, Vince also didn't take the money. Does that make him like treating women properly? Like because he didn't steal it from Jenna? That's like the worst example. The one second chances. He also he also had the opportunity to steal the money. He didn't do it. Oh, he was so condescending to Rashid on that show. I was not. I was not pleased with how he treated her throughout oh, he that process. Best part of that whole show, I watched. I watched every episode. I oh, watched. I thought he was one of the best parts of that show, but I wasn't like. I'm not going to say that he treats women super well. Like I don't know. It's like you don't steal money once. By the way, something to pay attention thing. to. I, I would steal the money, and I respect men. If I had a fucking partner, <laughs> if I had a female partner, I would take the money for sure. I think it would be really hard for me to do it. But hell yeah, if there was that much more money that you could have in your pocket, I'll throw you a 10k present. I actually want to throw this out in in the um, into the challenge universe because I am kind of catching vibes. I think there might be a Devin and Marie romance brewing in real life. Wait, I think Devin is engaged. Am I wrong? Because I, I, I was really sad when I found out he wasn't single because Devin is hot. I think him and Marie might have something going on. That's well, what that, I'm picking up on, guys. Honestly, if, if, I would approve of that yeah, so intensely. The, I Holy shit. So I would shit If you guys that. want any more information on that, you hit us up. Hit up the Saniac pod and we'll, we'll spread that rumor. Okay, so, yeah, there's a Devin Defender going rampage. Devin has said it too many times. That's not how his mom raised him on the Challenge Live shows. Fabi, listen, like, everyone's going to say that. Every single human being. I'm sure Corey was raised to be different. I'm sure his mom didn't want him fucking every single girl and then abandoning them right after. (laughs) I just don't know if these are great examples to prove that somebody is, you know. (laughs) I think in general... Devin has more respect for women in that kind of way. I think Bananas is more crass and crude. I don't think it comes out of a place of serious disrespect for females. I think it comes out of a place of um, not caring. I think that's where it comes from. I think Bananas' disrespect comes from a place of he just doesn't give a shit what he looks like to people and how he hurts certain people. I don't think that is directed solely towards females. Um, And, you know, I just think that this whole situation has really shown... Um, that the fans will go to bat for someone even when they're right and even when they're wrong. Because I'm not going to say Bananas was right in the situation, and I'm not saying Devin was right in the situation, because they were both wrong. End of. And Devin was right in the show and wrong in the aftermath. Bananas was wrong in the show and right in the aftermath by keeping his mouth shut. So they both have a little bit of something to, I guess, appreciate within themselves there. Um, all right. So let's just go on. We basically get into Shane, Sylvia, and Ashley the next morning laughing about the fact that Corey got into a fight about pasta. And you hear Sylvia, like, reiterating what happened. And she goes... He was, like, telling us that it was fettuccine alfredo. Like, obviously, you can just imagine this drunk guy crying over pasta, like, it was my fettuccine. It was my fettuccine. I just thought that that was so golden. Uh, That would have been me the next day also. Um, All right, so then we continue into Devin and Bananas with the next morning with Devin not letting up on Bananas. And honestly, at this point in the show, like when I was watching it just from the show, not talking about Twitter stuff at this point, um, is if somebody had brought up my dead parent, okay, or if, you know, if if that had happened, I would have fucking been miserable and there's no shot I would have let them sleep. There's no shot I would have let up on it either. And knowing that my partner had body slammed somebody, I likely would have 
punched the person also because I knew that there's a high yeah, chance yeah, that I was going to go home. So yep. I would have like, I would have gone for him hardcore and I would have gone for him when there wasn't security around because security was all over bananas trying to protect him. So I would have found a moment and taken my swing and made it like worthwhile, like broken his nose or something. That's what I would have gone for. So I feel Devin. Like I think he had a lot of restraint in that situation by not doing that. Um, and I feel for him in that way. And it's a really emotional thing. Only a month after his father passed away, like that's, that's, fucking soon like that's really soon the cry the tears that he had wasn't because bananas brought him up it's because he was still grieving and just and just the name you know just the fact that somebody said father you know made him break down and i feel that i really do because i'm so close to my parents that if anybody had done that kind of a thing i don't know if i would have been able to hold back um i think the only way i would have been able to hold back is if i had just really meditated for a moment on what my parents would have wanted to see out of me and the fact that they wouldn't have wanted me to punch someone so I would have done my absolute best to live up to that kind of a situation although if it was my mom maybe I would have punched someone because she would have been more okay with me punching someone on her behalf Um, Um, I'm actually so dead at what Greg said keep in mind that Corey was celebrating cold cuts at the (laughs) invasion god listen core is a man after my heart like i love food too i don't know food is probably the only (laughs) thing (laughs) food is the only thing that would have gotten me oh my god my grandma just joined this shout out to meme suisa in the his house (laughs) my grandma is watching this is hilarious hi mama i love you so much this is just so funny i can't believe she's watching um so yeah so anyways food that's the only thing that i would fight over really i think uh, personally um and obviously you know if somebody's bringing up a past loved one that would have been hard for me to avoid um okay so then um we go into um basically they're like in the they're in the circle or sorry they're in the bedroom and Devin is like crying at this point and then you have Joss who sort of comes in and steps up and basically intervenes in the whole situation and takes Devin outside and tries to settle him down. And I thought that that was really cool. You know, I know the fans have not been liking Joss at all lately. So I'm just hoping that this is something that maybe lets the fans know, you know, give give Joss another shot. He is a solid person. He's made some mistakes this season uh, for sure. And I can see to that 100%. But he is a great human being. And I think we see that a lot in this episode. And we see him come out of his shell a little bit for something that he really cares about. Um, all right, so then we got Tori and uh, Tony and Corey coming back into the house, and I don't know about you, but I'm surprised Tony doesn't have more support in the Young Buck Alliance yeah. because the season before he took out their main vendetta. So it seems it seems a little bit weird to me that people aren't showing him a little bit more love amongst that crew and maybe trying to turn him to cause some havoc within their group, you know? And he, he, know. he just like went full you know, fool in as Johnny's lapdog again, as soon as they gave him the chance. It's, it's like not even, it's not even a consideration for Tony to be, to be loyal to anyone else other than, than Johnny and their numbers, which were dwindling, but are now strong. It's true. That is true. It just seems a little bit strange to me that they wouldn't like him a little bit more. I mean, they did everything they've always wanted to do on these shows. Tony did last season, you know, this was like their main goal. So um, I think him and Corey are actually pretty cool. I so I, I don't know, um, I don't know exactly why there was so much animosity there, other than the fact that he was 
Bananas' partner, but there was like really a lot of animosity when he came back in the house, which I thought was a little bit weird to me personally, because it's not like he was the one that punched anyone. You know, all he did was throw pasta outside. <laughs> it's just it was just weird. Um, okay, so then TJ comes into the house, and obviously everybody knows. You know, TJ's entering the house. Oh shit! This is going to be bad. Something is going to happen. Yeah, we know where this. We knew where this was going. What did you think? I mean, obviously, I'm not surprised that they didn't send home Tony and Bananas, but there have been plenty of times in the past where they've sent home the recipient of the violence as well. Yes. Um, I was I, I was actually kind of shocked that, like, with everything that had gone down with Devin in the aftermath of that, mm. that they still removed them. Like, I, I, I thought there would have been a little more sympathy, Um and there wasn't they 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 went in they they took them out they stuck to it it's it's I, I think the weird thing about challenge ejections and kicking people off shows is that there is always going to be inconsistency and the inconsistency is 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 so strange mm, um mm-hmm. you know on who gets kicked off who doesn't who's allowed to stay who's not I, I'll, I'll never quite get it um it, it would have been nice if they figured out a way to let Devin stay in the game uh, but I guess it just was not to be. Yeah, I actually was about to say this, and Greg just commented, but I was really hoping yeah. that what they were going to do was send home Tony and send home Corey and then made Devin and Bananas pair up because that just would have been the most remarkable thing ever. And I, yeah. I actually don't know if... I think one of the only reasons production didn't do that is because I don't think that Devin would have helped bananas at all in this season i think he probably would have just up and left or screwed him throughout all the challenges coming up and maybe through an elimination just went home kind of a thing so um it would have been a great way for production to do that obviously they did that with cam and kaylee so i was kind of hoping that that might have happened but you know they didn't would have been nice it really would have we got what we got hello to brenda brenda's in here Hey, Brenda. Uh, Michael says that he wants us to go really long again like we did last week so that he can watch us after American Horror Stories <laughs> over. Michael, my suggestion, uh, download the podcast, subscribe and rate. Yeah, rate and, us. Uh, you can take a listen afterwards and all those downloads and subscriptions look really good for us. Let's keep that going. Um, all right, listen, I have to say, Fabi, in the comments, um, I appreciate your consistency. I really, really do. <laughs> she is going hard against we bananas. Need, we need people like Fabi in these comments. I, I, I've, been, I've been trying to invite Kara Stans in, Johnny Stans. I will take I will take a, an ardent Johnny hater. And I can't tell if, if it's more she's a Johnny hater or a Devin lover. Yeah, I think sure she's more funny. of a Johnny. Are you more of a Johnny hater or more of a Devin lover, Fabi? Yeah, I, I want to get in your psyche. I'm, I'm in your corner uh, mm. right now. We're, we're on the same side right now. We're fighting the same battle. Yeah, I feel that. Um, and, and Fabi, how do you feel about Kara? I want to know that as well. <laughs> That's an important question. <laughs> that is an important question. we got to know about how you feel about Kara because that may make or break this love affair that yeah, Zach's if about you to have Cara, with you. <laughs> if, if you hate Kara, you're going to become the third co-host of the show. You're going to be on the show next week. Um, all right. So then we get um, bananas. So then we get everybody sitting down. TJ sits them all down. And production says, you know, we're going to send them home. And at this point, I mean, there's like some shady shit that goes down. 
with Bananas sort of laughing and chuckling. And obviously this is where Bananas likes to double down on his wrongs. Um, and he does this often in seasons. You know, he just he'll never admit this kind of stuff on air. It's always in the interviews later. It's never in the actual situations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's chuckling. And I think it just really got to Joss because Joss also lost his father. This is like a really big deal for him. And he can really relate to how nasty it is to bring that up and sort of create drama with that. And, you know, Joss gets up and for the first time this season, we see Joss have a little bit of fire under his ass. And I really loved watching it. it and nice. I hope I hope Joss does that kind of stuff more often. You know, I know his um, inside scoop in terms of his PR people and stuff, they've actually tried to tell Joss to be more provocative on the show. But Joss is just not his vibe. It's just not who he is as a person. Yeah, so he's a very chill guy. That is yeah. good. Uh... That is good intel right there. It's good it too. is. You know, it is. He's just such a chill person. And he, you know, people will tell him a lot of the times on the show to to sort of kick off and try and do stuff. And, well, why don't you go and get mad and stuff? And it's just not really his vibe. And you see it instantly how, um, how well his head is on his shoulders when within all a fraction of a second he recoils himself and corrects himself and just goes to sit right back down because sylvia reminds him she's like joss don't you know and he just sits right back down he's like a million dollars like we're not gonna i'm not gonna do that there's shit on the line like it was fucked up but i'm not stooping to that level so that was pretty cool you really got to see someone self-control in those kind of cases and i honestly wish that we got to see more of sylvia and joss's dynamic because i think they're pretty hilarious even though they don't speak much i just think their their dynamic is so fucking funny like i want to watch them more yeah i'm into that i'm into that little friendship they, that they've got they going on interesting team in in this season because um it, it, it's a team where it's a male female team where the female is so clearly the one running the team mm -hmm. and the male is actually subservient to that mm -hmm. whereas we've had there's been other teams with that dynamic that are like super resistant obviously zach and amanda stand out where neither one was hunter and ashley people. yeah 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 hunter and ashley the same way joss and sylvia joss is like i don't know these people you have numbers for us run it and yeah that's why i like them because i've been encouraging teams to do that all season like if you have the numbers run with it and that was a really good strategy until production uh decided to reshuffle the deck thanks to fuck shit up yep. majorly thanks a lot for that yeah, definitely. Um, and then we go into the interview where Devin is watching back the scene. And this is where you see Devin's really reasonable side. And you see him admit to the fact that it wasn't a slip. And more so, you see it sort of hit him like, wow, you know, fuck, this wasn't just a stroke of bad luck on production being douchebags. This, you know, yep. this genuinely was something we should get sent home for and he sort of succumbs to the fact that this is happening and that it really just sucks but it is the right call to make and and you know it does suck that Corey put Devin in this position because I would have loved to have seen how this fight between him and Johnny would have played out more and I also would have loved to have seen just the dynamic of him in the house and and him fight for the win when he has so much fire behind him coming after the passing of his father and like that whole thing you know bringing him that motivation so I would have loved to have seen that it does mm -hmm. it just sucks that that happened I always hate it when you know what it is I hate it but I love it I hate when there's fights because people get sent home for stupid reasons, but I, I do love fights because now we will always remember Corey body slamming Tony over pasta, you know? So it's like, it's like um, a catch 22. Uh, Greg on point is always in the comments. And, and you, I mean, agree with this 100%. Uh, 
is that Jordan let Sarah, you know, pretty much run the team on X's two and they won because of that. You know, they, it, it, it probably would have gone a lot differently for them if, if Jordan was the one running that team, but he sat back, he let Sarah in the driver's seat and you know, that was, that was huge for them. And that's true. I think he conceded. Talked, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we've talked the same thing about, about Tori on, on cutthroat a hundred times is, is that, you know, <laughs> you, you can't be, uh, you know, don't let your pride get in the way when, when you're in a team scenario, you have, you have to know who the, like, who is going to give you the best control of the game and you just mm. have to rely on them. Mm. I do agree with that. I think that's probably the problem. Like your big issue with Shane and Nelson this whole season has just yeah. been that Sh- Nelson hasn't conceded to Shane. Yeah. And now when, he's, you know. now he's kind of coming around like, and, and I'm, I'm really enjoying their dynamic now. And I think it happened around the time it happened when they went into elimination against Kyle and Brad and Shane was like, okay, you, you want Kyle mm-hmm. and Brad, we'll go for Kyle and Brad. And then I think Nelson was finally willing to give back to him after that. Yeah. I did. I like that. I actually, um, well, we'll talk about it in the trivia challenge, but there was something Marisa that I really liked as well. Um, okay. So then, um, okay. So my only comment on this whole thing is them getting sent home is I really don't like people getting sent home in this kind of way. But at the same time, these guys were mercenaries that came in on a fairly rigged elimination. It was yep. pretty obviously rigged elimination. So, you know, were they actually entitled to being in the house in the first place? I'm not that sure. You know what I mean? So you That's have to. You have to remember that it's not like these guys were OGs on this season. They came in as mercenaries only a couple weeks ago. If they had made the final and won, it really would have been a, a tragedy for all the other people that had worked so hard that whole time in that house to only have that happen with mercenaries coming in. So I, I don't know. You know, it's 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 there's lots of there's lots of different perspectives here. You know, there's there's rights and wrongs all around. Um and that's just sort of the situation that happened. You definitely got our take on it. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. So if you want to chime in here in our comments or you want to comment to us on Twitter um, or tweet us, you know, we're at Sanac Podcast. Let us know what you think about the whole Devin and Bananas thing. And particularly, let us know what you think about Devin's recent Twitter activity. I'm very curious to see where people uh, stand on this issue because to me – like the episode was the episode it's television you know it is what it is but once you take it offline you take it to social media you take it to real life that's when things start getting a little bit more personal and can cross the line for me in that kind of a way I honestly um, am more of a for all types of activities on television and a little bit less so on the social media platforms and I'm much more forgiving of things that happen on the show than I am off of the show for sure um, all right, so daily challenge. Here we go. Um, this is the trivia challenge. Woo-woo. Or should I say the um, easiest questions in the world challenge? The formerly great trivia challenge. I, I, I think trivia might have jumped the shark. And may, maybe, this, maybe I should have seen this uh, uh, within the last couple seasons. But, man, it, it was just. Yeah, this was like the shittiest of all trivia challenges um lj i see you're commenting right now you should listen to what we said beforehand i totally agree i actually i actually made those points um as well all right so on the trivia challenge i'll just read you guys the breakdown for those of you that haven't watched it yet um so each team takes their place on the edge of these very small planks tj asked them a series of questions if they get their answer correct they get to give their strike to anyone they want but if they get their answer wrong they get the strike themselves three strikes and tj pushes a button that releases a battering ram that knocks them 30 feet into the water i mean it was like this crazy ass log that just slapped them into the water 
And the plankin itself looked so scary. I was yeah, feeling wow. for Marie. I really was. Well, you know, I've gone hurt jumping into water. Yes. Um, before, yes, as so. you mentioned to us uh, on the show, fans listen back a couple episodes ago. I She'll like tells a story. I'm petrified of it. So I honestly feel for these people and the fact that there's no harnesses. Do you remember that trivia challenge that they had where they were actually hooked up to harnesses? I forget which season this was on. And instead of just plummeting down to the water, they sort of let them down a little bit gently. Yeah. They, they like, didn't they like unfurl? Like, like, like they, no, there was, that uh, was another one. Yeah, they, was they've had, they've had a few like that where they've let them down into the water slightly more, I guess, kind of, yeah, it's just a gentle yeah. letdown yeah. as opposed to plummeting them 30 feet, like fucking straight into water at that height is like concrete. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So that was definitely really scary, and they I totally put feel all for of Marie. Thought into uh, designing the set, and none of the thought into the questions that they were asking, and <laughs> it was interesting. There were some comments made that apparently the questions were so easy because uh, they wanted them to get them right a lot, so that way a hundred dollars would go to the pot for the fans. Mm. But how stupid are these people? You have to make the questions that easy. They should have made it a longer challenge. There was more opportunities for them to put hundred dollars yeah, in the pot. It also affects the quality of the challenge because when nobody is getting anything wrong, it just, it takes so many variables out of it. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it was just, and also it was all challenge trivia, which actually it used to be more challenge trivia on the trivia challenges. Do you remember that? When it yes. was mostly only challenge trivia and then they started doing yeah, regular most- trivia. But, but it was like, it was varied. It wasn't asking about Dirty 30 and Vendettas. It, <laughs> yeah. It was like going all the way back. It was like, yeah. who hosted this? And, you know, yeah. I mean, it really was the dumbest series of questions. Anybody who's played the VR challenges would have gotten that shit correct. I, yeah. I mean, everybody watching out there got every answer correct. It, it, was, it was not challenging at all. Um, the only one I didn't remember off the bat was Pisidia, but I remembered mm-hmm. it like about like 10 seconds later. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I, I pretty much got it before TJ said the answer. I got it, but not necessarily like right away. And um, Armageddon, I've been spelling that a shit ton for our notes. So I actually know how to spell Armageddon right away. And that was funny to watch them have that little duel off. Um, okay. So in terms of the actual challenge, we start off with Shane and he makes a really funny line. TJ asked him, like, are you ready? And Shane's like, yep, you can get right to it. <laughs> and it was just really sassy Shane. And I just love that. Um, and then we go into the first person out, which is Joss and Sylvia. They got strikes from Kara and Marie, Tony and Bananas and Polly and Nat. So it was clear that there was a strategy. They all teamed up and they sort of piled them on to the other person um, or the other side's teams. And when Joss and Sylvia fell off of this thing, only Joss got hit by the giant ram or whatever it was. Like yeah. he, it pretty much Sylvia just jumped off, which is exactly what I would have done. There's no way I would have let myself get hit by that thing <laughs> and then land all wonky. And right after this, we have bananas falling in the water. It was awesome. the funniest shit. I honestly was dying at that point. I literally was cracking up. My that, dog that was worried. Was, that was excellent. Tony's ass took him out. <laughs> it was so great. And I don't know if you saw this. Shane and Nelson were holding hands for a lot of it. Did you see? It was, it was really cute. I wish I was in Nelson's position there. <laughs> what does your wife think about you and all this stuff? <laughs> oh, she doesn't, she doesn't have to know about me and Shane. 
We'll keep that one on the DL. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So then we have second out, which is Tony and Bananas. Um, and after Bananas had jumped into the water, uh, Shane and Nelson had thrown a strike onto Tony. So that way he also got out. It was just really fucking ironic how Bananas fell before they even got out. Honestly, I was just dying. And then you have Ashley and Hunter trying to spell Armageddon. I was really confused why TJ let them spell this word for so fucking long. Yeah, I want to know about the editing here because the impression that was given off by the editing is that they had forever to try and work the word out and they eventually did. But then you had Shane and Nelson, they got their question wrong and it it almost seemed like they had no time Mm. to even think about it. Like TJ rushed an answer out of him and Shane said, wait, no, Ashley and Hunter got all this time and and TJ's like, nope, we need an answer. And I didn't like that. I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, TJ was like, you got five seconds or whatever. But Ashley, it felt like Ashley and Hunter had respelled this word so many times. And in most other trivia challenges that we've seen, if you even get one letter wrong while spelling it, then you're you're done. Yeah, yeah. TJ cuts you off. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just really, really weird. That whole situation was just very strange. And also on top of that, in terms of the consistency of the trivia challenges, this one just was very weirdly done. Usually it's like you got one answer, you got to do it fast, you have you know, much harder questions, um, TJ's a little bit more pestering on you on different things, and he also like fucks with you a bit more. It was just kind of a weird trivia challenge, and it went by really fast because all the yeah. drama from the show. Eh, I don't know, I just wasn't as big a fan of it as I usually am. Um, and also I don't know if it was the fact that they were pairs that really affected a lot of that because they had to confer with each other and they were back to back. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it was all very weird. Um, all right. So then we have the third out, which was Shane and Nelson. Um, and Nelson essentially gets the question wrong on a season. He was just on, it wasn't even like more than what a year and a half ago or something. When was that? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was recent. It was, I, I, yeah, they, pro- they probably started filling it at, like, the end of 2016, early 17. Yeah, like, it. come on. You got to remember that. Like, you were you were there. You competed in them. Didn't he compete in them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's him just him a, and Hunter. <laughs> literally. That is crazy to me. Um, okay, so then we have fourth out, which was Ashley and Hunter. And Ashley makes a really hilarious comment to Kara, which is, they're going to win if you give it to us. And that was in reference to saying that Polly and Natalie are going to yeah. win if you give us the strike. I just kept thinking, like, what's the problem for Kara with that, that? That was, oh, it was, like, so desperate. Yeah, that was just, that That just didn't, that wouldn't have done anything for anyone because Kara obviously would like for them to win. Um, okay, so then we have fifth out, which is obviously Kara and Marie, and then the winners, Polly and Natalie. I mean, how do you feel about people coming back from redemption and winning this challenge now and having the power vote? Oh, you mean the last two teams that were alive were teams that shouldn't even be in the game still? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I didn't feel too good about it. Um, realizing halfway through that challenge that the entire number advantage that Shane and Nelson had worked so hard to win over in the house and had actually taken, like, once again, I've said this last week, I'm going to say it again. Shane and Nelson have eliminated multiple teams from this game. And yet these freaking teams are all there are still in the game. Brad and Kyle are still in redemption. 
Cara and Marie are back in the house. Like, what is even the point? What is who even the point ta- of playing? Who have this they taken game? out? Is it Brad and Kyle and Cara? They and took Marie? out Brad and Kyle, and then they beat Marie and Cara. And now you've got a team that was out of the game for 24 hours before production brought them back in, and a team that's been in the redemption house for a month and a half and have been literally gifted. Like they have been the ultimate goat. They who have been uh, Paulie and Natalie just strung along this whole game because people know that they're an easy team to have around, and that's how the freaking game flips against people who have been playing it hard mm-hmm. like nobody even cares or is paying attention right now to the teams that have been dominating the game it sucks it's true off. and no one's really giving much credit to like sylvia and joss who made all. it all yeah. this way like people are acting like they haven't done shit but sylvia they've... has been killing it and yeah sylvia and joss also won an elimination like an mm-hmm. actual elimination and haven't had to come back from redemption yeah and they've managed weird. to stay out of eliminations. I mean, they've just done a very, very good job. And I feel like people are giving them shit as if they're really bad players. But they've just proven themselves time and time again throughout the whole season. And I, I think it is because of the whole redemption twist that these kind of guys aren't getting, re- you know, their recognition. Well, it's it's all, all the twists are bringing this down right now. And so we've got, there's, I think there's, what, five teams left. And there's only three teams. No, is there six teams left? There's six teams. There, Yeah. Okay, so we've got three and three. We've got three teams that have been in the game the whole time in Johnny and Tony, Sylvia and Joss, and Shane and Nelson. Those are the only three teams left that haven't been eliminated. And then you've got a mercenary team, Ashley and Hunter, and you've got two teams that just came back from redemption, which is such a big swing in this game. I, I I can't even comprehend what a horrible twist that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan right now with production and in terms of like how they've really fucked with this whole game. I really think you should start watching Big Brother because a lot of the things that we complain about are not on that show. Mm-hmm. And I do think it stems a lot from the fact that the seasons are isolated. There are people that return, but it's not that common. It's not like expected every season, re- you know, yeah, recurring. It's not beaten into the ground. And yeah. as we get to the end here, then we go into the preview for next week, and what does TJ say? It's a purge challenge. Oh my god! Oh, is that what he says? I didn't actually see. Yes, I can never see the next week time. Is another purge? A what is the purge? purge? Two people or one person? Like, it's what's the purge? One team. The last place team is going to go home. And I, I just watched. I'm like, dude, if a team that I like goes home in a purge, like two months into the season. And it's the third purge they've had. I'm going to be so fucking pissed. All right. Well, I have a situation for you. So what if, what if, or scenario, what if Shane and Nelson end up getting last in this purge, then Mm -hmm. go to redemption and then make it back into the house in the redemption challenge? (laughs) What's your take on redemption then? (laughs) Um, I will, I'll dig my feet in and I'll say karma. I'll say karma a lot. Karma's a bitch. Karma's a bitch. I'll, I'll say that a lot. Um, but knowing my luck and knowing Shane's luck, Shane and Nelson are going to lose the purge, go into redemption, and then get eliminated. And I'm going to complain about it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess if that happens, then it will just be something positive. Um, and you know, we're ending this episode complaining about production in the exact same way that the episode ended with Sylvia complaining about production, super frustrated. And we feel for you, Sylvia. And, you know, despite all the hate that you've been getting this season, I have no fucking idea why, 
the Saniacs, we still like you. Saniac Podcast has been a supporter of Sylvia since day one. Underrated we competitor. Fuck with Sylvia for sure. Um, we definitely do. I, I, at this point in the game, I just need to give props to teams that have gone into actual eliminations and won eliminations because that is the spirit of the challenge. It's not winning redemption challenges. It's not finishing last place in a purge daily. It's playing the game, going into elimination, handling your business, and hanging around. Yeah, it's why we gained so much respect for Cam at some point during the season. Absolutely. Cam earned respect this season. I don't care that they... Like, think about the ways that, like, Cam, the only reason Cam and Kaylee are in the Redemption House is because they lost the second, quote-unquote, purge challenge. It was stupid. True, true. It was dumb. And that was an, I hate when they do eating challenges as things that are going to be vital to someone's life in the game. Because an eating challenge is so, it's it's just so annoying. I mean, you're in the final, but, oh. They should have given eating challenge, like, yeah, they they should have saved the eating challenge for the final this season, just mm. like in honor, in deference to Tony's performance on the eating challenge last season, which was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was Tony so housing gross. Oh was my disgusting. God. It Everything. Was the, it was like oh. a Herculean performance. They, they should have in deference to that, not done an eating challenge this season. They should have given it a one, one year break. Yeah, they really should have. They should give it a fucking two-year break because it's so annoying watching eating challenges because I'm always eating while I watch the fucking challenge. And then I have to stop eating because I can't eat while I'm watching a gross eating challenge. Um, In any case, though, thank you guys so much for tuning in once again for another lovely week here at the Saniac Podcast. We are available on all platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, I mean, everywhere you can think of, SoundCloud, we are there. So let us know how you feel on all of our platforms as well. Please review us everywhere you can. Um, And we will see you guys next week. And hopefully we will have better news and better spirits from Zach. Hopefully, hopefully. If Shane loses the purge, people, you do not want to miss the episode. Oh, my God. If Shane loses the purge, there's going to be tissues all over the place. I am going to cry on air. I have cried like three times since the 90s. This will be number four. And one last announcement is that next week our episode will not be on Wednesday because it is Halloween. Yeah. So we are worried that Zach's house will be bombarded with little kids trick-or-treating. So instead we're going to be doing it on November 1st at a much earlier time because it is my sister's birthday that day. So it will likely be around 6 p.m. Eastern on November 1st will be uh, next week's episode. And we'll see you guys all there. We'll give a post um, episode.